Hey everyone, welcome to the Cornerstone Church Podcast. Our prayer is that through this message, you will find the Father, a family, and a fulfilling future. Be sure to connect with us online at Cornerstone Church Social to keep up with all things Cornerstone. Thanks for tuning in. Hey Cornerstone, if you're excited to worship together, let's make some noise wherever you're at today. Well, hey, I hope that throughout this last week you have been checking your connection with God, that you have been making sure that you have been living and working and moving and breathing out of his power and not yours alone. I pray that you've been doing that. Um, uh, I, actually, I want to see in the comments, if, you, if you'll put in the comments, just from this last week, one only God moment that you've had. I want to see it in the comments. Just real quick, just share something little down there, uh, an only God moment that you've had, something where you're like, okay, this only happened in my life this week because I was connected to God. I was connected to his power. I know for me, I had a few conversations this week with people that were completely only God moments, that it was just only him, uh, that the connection happened, that I was able to talk to these people, uh, awesome conversations. And so I'm thankful for that. I'm thankful for God's power and for him directing those things in my life. Um, Maybe you're someone who right now you're, you're holding your phone and you're trying to tap in like something that is an only God moment from this week. But if you're being honest, you're like, I kind of don't feel like I have one. <laughs> like, I don't feel like I have one. I don't feel like I have an only God moment. If that's you, I want to let you know that's okay. That's all right, okay? You're not a terrible Christian. You're not bad or anything like that. If that's you, that is totally normal. It is totally, uh, that's to be expected, actually. It's to be expected. It's not all the time that you feel that connection, it's not all the time that it comes easy and it feels natural. That, that's not always the case, which it actually makes me think of, uh, there's an ad series of commercials that Holiday Inn did back in like the mid-2000s that they kill me. Like they absolutely kill me. And so we dug around online a little bit to like try to find them uh, and we, we actually have them. So for your viewing pleasure, enjoy some of these uh, uh, ads. And while they're playing, think to yourself, how in the world are these going to connect to the sermon? So go ahead and check out these Holiday Inn commercials, all right? <laughs> Reactor 3 is at critical mass. Core temperature still rising. You're going to have to provide more cooling in the containment chamber. Okay. Close the flow channels. Activate the hydrogen recombiners. Do it. Are you new to the team? Well, actually, I'm with the tour group, but I did stay at a Holiday Inn Express last night. Hey, hey, look at me. Lock in. Crusher here has an extra deltoid muscle. Means he's got exponentially greater bucking propulsion. Now you lean back and you hang on. I'll be there. Rodeo clowns are a lifesaver. Rodeo clown? with the birthday party. Hello, <laughs> Oh, but I did stay at a Holiday Inn Express last night. <laughs> we are back, man. That was possibly the finest rock and roll show I have ever seen. I smell world tour. Wow. You mean the whole world? Yeah. You're not, Gene. You're not... Paul, you you guys aren't Kiss? No, but we did stay at a Holiday Inn Express last night. <laughs> stay smart. Stay at a Holiday Inn Express. 
<laughs> I love, as those were playing, I'm thinking to myself, anyone who's just now tuning into our feed is like, I think the Cornerstone feed has been hacked. Like, this is not, this is not Cornerstone Church right now. But man, I love, I love, I love those commercials. And I feel like I really relate to them because I feel like that's how I want my life to be, right? Like, I just want things to be easy. I want to be able to stay at a Holiday Inn Express and then instantly become an expert in like nuclear fusion and I can make a reactor just like calm down, right? Like I want to be able to do those things and I realize that's how it is in our relationship with God and that's how it is in our life. We, we feel like we did what we talked about last week. We check our connection. We, we tap into God. We, we stay at a Holiday Inn Express and from then on, Everything's easy. We're experts. Life is easy. It's great. It's all up and to the right. And it's just not how it is. That's not how it is because we get pumped up on Sunday and then Monday hits and we're in traffic. And, you know, Monday hits and the inbox is getting flooded with emails and it's just crazy. And then Monday hits and we come home from work and kids are kind of crazy and it's nuts. And we're like, wait a second. I thought, God, I, I thought if I tap into your power, I thought if I make sure I'm connected to you, Things are supposed to be chill. <laughs> things are supposed to be easy. Things are supposed to be better. And that is just not how things work. It's not that easy. So if you're someone who you're like, you, you were the person having a hard time thinking of something to type in today, right? You're like, I don't know of an only God moment. I don't really feel the connection. I feel like things are kind of hard right now. If that is you, I want to tell you, God has a word of encouragement for you today. I promise you that today's sermon, we are talking about it is not supposed to be easy. It is not supposed to be easy. Wherever you are, bow your heads and let's pray together real quick, all right? Father God, I know that you have a word that you're wanting to speak to people today. I know that. I know that to my core. And God, I don't want to get in the way. I do not want to get in the way. So Lord, please bless my words today as I speak. Help them, help them to not be um, something that Pastor Jacob is saying, but help these to be your words, to be your truth that I'm speaking today and allow it to, to, to register with people, uh, warm people's hearts to be able to hear your message and your word today, God, so that they could get some encouragement and they, they could realize whatever they're going through, no matter how hard or how difficult that you are with them and you're seeing it through. We pray this in your name, amen. Amen. Well, it is not supposed to be easy. In fact, why don't we declare this truth together in the comments, all right? Just put it out there. It's not supposed to be easy. Just type it in the chat. It's not supposed to be easy. It is not supposed to be easy. So today we're going to be back where we were last week, and we're going to be here the whole series in Numbers chapter 13 and Luke chapter 10. And if you want to open up another tab uh, and go to uh, Bible.com and bring up those verses, you can. We'll have them up here on the screen in a little bit. You can get your physical copy of the Bible. But again, we're going to be in Numbers 13 and Luke 10. Now, before, while you're finding your place, the title of the sermon, it's not supposed to be easy, where that came from is uh, uh, I've, I've been trying to get in shape, been trying to move from more of a, a round, soft shape into more of a defined kind of shape, right? So I've been, I've been trying to get in shape uh, now that I've finally gotten my life into a place where I feel like I've got routines set up. I'm a, a creature of habit, so I'm trying to set up healthy habits this year. Uh, and I've been working out and lifting weights, and one of the programs that I've been doing is called Strong Lifts. And it's a very simple program. Maybe you've heard of it before. Very simple. You only do five lifts, five lifts. Uh, they're compound movements. You do it three times a week, and that's it. And it's pretty crazy because you start off with just the barbell. You just have a 45-pound uh, barbell, and you gradually add on after every workout, five pounds, five pounds. You just keep adding on until eventually you're getting to some pretty heavy weight, right? So I, I've been lifting, and I was doing it for a while, and I started to get to a point where I'm having enough weight on there that I'm, I'm like, not able 
to complete the set because you're supposed to be able to do uh, uh, five sets of five reps, right? And I'm not able to do it on some of these weights. And it's getting kind of frustrating because you're supposed to keep progressing. And so I go online on Facebook into one of the groups uh, and I'm talking to one of the uh, certified trainers and I'm sending them a message. I'm like, hey, I'm, I'm wondering, uh, I know after strong lifts, after you've kind of hit a wall where you just can't progress anymore, there's another program, like it's called Mad Cow or something. It's, I know, weird, right? Weird. There's some weird terminology out there in the uh, weightlifting world, but it's called Mad Cow. And I'm like, am I, am I at that point where I progress this? And so he's like, well, send me your, you know, your age, your weight, what you're lifting on your different lifts, stuff like that. So I send it all to him. And he's like, what? I mean, you're doing good, but no, you, you definitely are not at the point where you're, where you're hitting that wall. Um, and so I said back to him, I'm like, well, I, I mean, it feels like I'm hitting that wall <laughs> because I got to be honest, this is, I'm, I'm failing at my sets and this is pretty hard. And his response back to me, you, you want to know what he said? <laughs> It's not supposed to be easy, <laughs> right? I'm like, man, this is hard. He's like, well, that's the point. It's not supposed to be easy. It's weightlifting. Like the whole, <laughs> the whole point is stress. The whole point is tension. The whole point is opposition and challenge. It's not supposed to be easy. And I feel like I needed that reminder. I needed someone to hit me over the head and go, hey, that's the point, bro. It's not supposed to be easy. And I feel like I wish I could jump back in time and tell the nation of Israel it wasn't supposed to be easy. Whenever they go into the promised land, if you were with us last week in Numbers 13, you see that Moses, the, the man that God has chosen to be the leader of the Israelite nation, he, he sends a scouting party. He sends his team into the land of Canaan, the land that God is going to be giving to the Israelites. He sends them in to scout the land. And uh, if you remember, they come back with a bad report. And that's where we pick up in verse 26. We're going to jump right in. They came back to Moses, they being the scouting party. They came back to Moses and Aaron and the whole Israelite community at Kadesh in the desert of Paran. There they reported to them in the whole assembly and showed them the fruit of the land. They gave Moses this account. We went into the land to which you sent us and it does flow with milk and honey. Here is its fruit. But the people who live there are powerful and the cities are fortified and very large. You see, I wish I could have told the Israelites it's not supposed to be easy because I think what this scouting party was expecting. I think this scouting party was expecting I stayed at the Holiday Inn Express last night. <laughs> like, see, we, we tapped into the power of God. Our God is, is God the provider and God the deliverer, and that's who our God is. And so this will be easy. We're going to walk into this land that's flowing with milk and honey, and it's fertile ground, and we're going to be able to see where, like, man, we'll set up shop here, and our kids, kids, kids will live here. Like, we'll be here forever, and we're going to become God's people here, and this is just going to be incredible. And this incredible land, I bet you there won't even be anyone there. Because God's already, he's just going to make it so easy for us. He's going to make it so, so easy. They were expecting a Holiday Inn Express experience, right? We tap into the power of God, and from then on, life is easy. We, we escape slavery, and from then on, life is easy. And I think to myself, I've been there. I've been there. I've been exactly where the Israelites were. I have tapped into the power of God. I've checked my connection. I feel like, man, me and God, we are just tight. And I think things are going to be easy. I'm expecting a Holiday Inn Express experience. And that is not what happens. Have you been there? Have you been there? Absolutely. We all have. We all have. We have all been there where you think, you know what? I tapped into the power of God. And now my habits, they're just going to magically change overnight. 
because I stayed at Holly Inn Express last night. <laughs> my, my habits are going to be different. My, my kids, raising my kids, things are going to be awesome. They're going to listen to everything I say. And they're going to say, please and thank you all the time. And, and they're going to be like, mother, can we pray tonight? I want to pray. I want to, like, they're going to be awesome and things will be so easy. My spouse, it's going to be easy to love them and easy to be self-sacrificial and to, to just sacrifice all my preferences to make sure that we can do what they want. And it's, we think it's going to be easy. Because we've tapped into God, we've tapped into his power. Shouldn't it be easy from now on? We think our walk with Jesus, right? We, we hand the keys over to him. We're like, Lord, I, I'm trusting you with my life. I'm asking you to be my savior, my Lord. And we think from that moment forward, everything with Jesus will be up and to the right. That every sin we struggle with, it's going to be a little less struggle every single day until all of a sudden we're at this place of perfection and it's just not that way. And it's not supposed to be. It's not supposed to be easy. Unfortunately, what happens whenever that happens is we start to question things. Well, maybe, I mean, maybe I'm connected to God. Maybe I'm not. God, are you there? Are you even listening? Does this Jesus thing work? Is Christianity even real? Or is this more mind games? We start to ask those questions. We start to question our connection all because things are not easy. And the fact of the matter is it was never supposed to be easy at the beginning. It was never supposed to be easy. Now, one thing I really want us to do here, this is, this is a, a little test, all right? I want you to look up at this screen. Oh, boy, right? I want you to look up at this screen, and I want you, and I'm, I'm for real asking this, okay? So post it in the comments, whatever you think it is. Uh, look at all the words on this screen. Tell me what word you think is the most important. Now, now before you, you post it on there, um, I want you to realize this word is not just the most important in this set of verses from Numbers 13. This word is also one of the most important words in your personal experience. Not just in this account, but in your personal experience, your relationship with God, uh, your relationship with Christ. It's one of the most important, consequential, defining words in your life and in scripture and in this particular passage, what do you think it is? Now, chances are you're like, well, it's probably a yellow word, right? Because the yellow ones must be pretty important. What do you think it is? If, if you said this one, it is a yellow word. If you, if you said it was this one, but, but you are correct. You are correct. To all of our people who put but out there, congratulations. You got it. You got it right. But, but is the defining word of this passage of scripture. It's where everything pivots. It's where everything changes. And like I said, chances are in your relationship with God, in your trust level with God, things change, things pivot, things go down a, a fork in the road on that word. But, but, but. Now what is but? If you remember your conjunction, junction, schoolhouse, rock, <laughs> but is a conjunction, right? <laughs> but is a conjunction. What but is, it is a word that is used to introduce a phrase or a clause contrasting with what has already been mentioned. That's the whole point of the word, but. It's to say, okay, you've heard this, but this negates that. You, you've heard this said, this was already mentioned, but what you're about to hear cancels out what was previously mentioned, what was previously said. So here, just some quick examples, okay? Um, we were going to go to the beach, but it started to rain, right? Uh, we, we were going to go out to eat, but the line was too long. Um, I, I needed to cough, but 
I didn't want to get a weird side eye with people thinking I have corona, right? You, like, you're following me, right? I was going to do this, but this cancels it out. This changes it. This changes things, but essentially negates what has been said. Now, take this into mind with what we just read about the Israelites and about the report from the scouting party. The land is great. The land is awesome. God, it's exactly what you said. It is flowing with milk and honey. Look at the fruit. It's, it's huge. It's ripe. It looks delicious. But, but all of that, God, all of that is about to get negated and canceled out by what we're about to say. The giants are too big. No, God, we get that. We know, we know you said you're giving it to us. We, we understand all that. But the giants are too big. The walls are too tall. God, it's going to be too hard. God, it's going to be too scary. God, I'm too tired. God, it's going to be too boring. God, it's too much for you to ask of me. But, but everything changes when that word is introduced. I want to actually, I want us to go through history real quick. We're going to take a walk through uh, history and look at some, some of the biggest butts in history. And I don't like these butts, and I do not lie. I don't like any of these butts, all right? <laughs> We're gonna look at some of the biggest butts in history. So this first one, this first, <laughs> right? Right now, like instantly we're seeing our viewership numbers just drop off, just drop off of a cliff. <laughs> so here we go, the first one, the Kodak brand, the Kodak brand. Who knows about the Kodak company? It's a photography company, right? So here is something interesting about Kodak and one of the butts in their history. Listen to this. Imagine a world where photography is a slow process that's impossible to master without years of study. A world without iPhones or Instagram where one company, Kodak, reigned supreme. Such a world existed in 1973 when Stephen Sasson, a young engineer, went to work for the Kodak company. Two years later, in 1975, 1975, Stephen invented digital photography and made the first digital camera. Mr. Sasson, all of 24 years old at the time, invented the process. Think about this. He invented the process that today, after some advancements, has led to us being able to use photos and take photos with our phone and send images around the world in seconds and share them with millions of people. Mr. Sasson, whenever he did this, whenever he came up with this invention, whenever he had digital photography, he made a series of demonstrations to groups of executives from the Kodak marketing, technical, and business departments, and then to their bosses, and then to their bosses' bosses. Like, he, he made this presentation to everyone. He brought the portable camera into the conference rooms, and he demonstrated the system by taking a photo of the people in the room. Though the quality was poor... Mr. Sasson told them that the resolution would improve rapidly as technology advanced and that it could compete in a consumer market against film camera. Get this, he even talked about the possibility down the road of being able to send the photos digitally through a telephone line. All of this, all of this back in 1975, the response of the executives, tepid at best. This was the response. They were intrigued by the idea, but <laughs> they were intrigued by the idea, but they were convinced that no one would ever want to look at pictures on a television set or monitor. Yikes. <laughs> Nowadays, all you got to do is look up Kodak and realize they are an afterthought in the photography market, while places that embraced the digital revolution are thriving now. That but altered 
the course of their company. Another butt of history, another butt of history. This is a pretty popular one people know about, the Beatles, right? The Beatles, whenever they burst onto the scene before that, they were trying to find a record company to sign them to a deal. They were looking all over the place. And one of the places they went to was Decca Records. They went to Decca Records. Uh, they put together an album, uh, produced it, and had the, uh, the uh, record company take a look at it and listen to it. The record company, whenever they came back, this is one of the direct quotes Great sound, but guitar bands are on their way out. How did that work out for them? <laughs> How'd that work out for Decca Records, right? Yeah, the Beatles would go on to produce how many countless albums that won Grammys and Best Song of the Year. And, and not just that, I mean the cultural impact that they have made, not just on the United States, but the world. All forfeited because of this but. Yeah, great sound, but guitar bands are on their way out. The last one, Tom Brady. Tom Brady, this is a, a living football legend. Um, this guy, he's won six Super Bowls, multiple league MVPs in the NFL. Uh, he's won Super Bowl MVPs. This dude, it, it, he's incredible, right? A living legend. And it's pretty well known that he was drafted 199th in the 2000 NFL draft, 199th. He was drafted in the sixth round. These are some of the statements that were made on his scouting combine reports. So whenever there's a scouting combine, players from college go there to work out in front of NFL scouts. These are some of the quotes from the NFL scouts during that 2000 uh, scouting combine. Very accurate, good toughness, good leadership, but nothing special. This guy is a good deep passer. He's highly competitive, but he lacks athleticism. I'm not sold on him. He had a great bowl game in college, but I think he's very common. Last scout. I just don't like him, one scout said. <laughs> Smart guy, but that's it. But. All of these buts completely altered the future of Kodak, of Decca Records, and of Tom Brady and the teams, including the Cleveland Browns, that passed him up for six rounds. Completely altered all of their futures all over, but. Yeah, great guy, but. Ah, great sound, but. Ah, great, great idea, great invention, great technology, but. So what I want to say to you, what I want to say to everybody up on stage, and what I need to remind myself about whenever I realize this, and I, I realize how we like to interject that, that but after God tells us something, is we have got to stop putting a comma where God puts a period. When God says it, that settles it. When he has spoken, it's, it's done. It's over. We don't need to add on. God does not need us giving him a grammar check. Right? He doesn't need us copywriting for him and getting his edits and going, uh, it looks okay, but let me just cancel some of this out. Or let me add on to what you said. No, when he said it, that settles it. And whenever God tells the Israelites, look, this is what I'm giving you. I am promising you victory. This is your land. That should have settled it. That should have ended the conversation right there. It's okay. Well, when, when do you want us to go? <laughs> when do you want us to go and take the land? That should have been it, but it wasn't. The Israelites felt the need to put a comma where, yeah, God, it's, it's great land and it looks awesome, but, <laughs> but the giants are huge, but the cities are fortified. We cannot do this. We cannot put a comma where God has clearly put 
a period. There is no but needed when God speaks. We just follow. We say, yes, sir. We listen to him whenever he talks. We follow where he leads. We don't need to put the comma where God has clearly put a period. And so I want to ask you today, what promised land is God calling you to? What promised land, what potential has God put inside of you? What purpose is he leading you to? And he's calling you to it. You know he is. And you're telling him, but God. But God, it's too much. But God, it's too hard. But God, I'm too tired. But God, have you seen those giants? But God, have you seen the wolves? Where are you telling God, but? Where is it getting in the way? So why don't we right now, collectively as a church, everyone under the sound of my voice, anyone who can, I want you to type it in the chat right now. I'm kissing my butt goodbye. I'm kissing, I want you to pucker up just and kiss your butt goodbye, all right? We're getting them out of the way. There is no more room for the butt gods. There's just no more room for it. There's no more room. When God speaks, it's settled and we listen. Don't put a comma where God puts a period. So now I want us to real quick, I want us to continue in Numbers 13, and then we're going to jump ahead to the other set of passages that we've been looking at from Luke chapter 10. So we're going to continue in Numbers 13 with what it says uh, in verse 31. So they give this bad report. Caleb, one of the men there, he, he tries to sway things. He's like, hey, look, look, it, we can take the land. I'm telling you we can take it. I'm telling you we can do this. We can take possession of the land. But the men who had gone back, verse 31, but the men who had gone up with him, gone up with Caleb, said, we can't attack those people. They're stronger than we are. And they spread among the Israelites a bad report about the land they had explored. They said, the land we explored devours those living in it. All the people we saw there are of great size. And jumping ahead to Luke chapter 10. This is Jesus talking to his 72 followers that he's getting ready to send out, right? These are men and women that he's getting ready to send out to do his work. Uh, he knows that his time is coming where he'll be going to the cross and leaving earth. And so he's wanting his ministry, obviously his church to continue. And so he's equipping his people to go out and do ministry. And this is what he tells them. He told them, verse two, the harvest is plentiful, but the workers are few. Ask the Lord of the harvest, therefore, to send out workers into his harvest field. Go. I am sending you out like lambs among wolves. So those two verses of scripture, giants in the promised land, wolves lurking in the harvest field, right? Man, I, I really, if you're like multitasking or doing anything else wherever you are, come back to this screen, like, hey, how's it going? Come back to this screen and just focus in for a moment because this is so vital and this is so, so important. Giants and wolves Milk and honey. We think these things are complete opposites. They are diametrically opposed to each other. But the fact of the matter is they are not opposed. They go hand in hand. You cannot have one without the other. You just can't. Giants and wolves, milk and honey, struggle and success, these things all go hand in hand. They are not opposites. They're not. Every single promised land you have in your life is already pre-populated with giants and wolves. Every single one. Every area of your life that you are seeing what God is calling you to, you're seeing the potential there, you're seeing this promised land, it's already pre-populated. There are giants and wolves there. The, the marriage that you want to have, the friendships you want to have, the, the kids that you want to raise, the impact you want to have in your community, the habits you want to form, all of these things, all these promised lands that you're seeing the potential of, there's giants there. 
there's wolves there. They're the whole way to getting there. <laughs> they go hand in hand. Every promised land is pre-populated with giants and wolves, and it's by necessity. It's by necessity. They need to be there. They need to be there. The fact is, I can't meet my potential without pain. I just can't. Like the potential that God has put in my heart, why don't you put that in the chat? The potential that God has put in your heart, that potential, you cannot meet it or exceed it without going through pain. You just can't. It is absolutely essential. These things go hand in hand. They work together. I'm gonna say it again. Life is not a holiday in express. It's not. You don't stay there one night and become an expert in life, right? You don't connect to God, hand your life over to him, and instantly everything is great from that day forward. That is not how it works. There is struggle. There is opposition. There is challenge. And it's there on purpose. Life is not easy, and it's not supposed to be easy. We need giants and wolves. We need giants and wolves. We should be grateful for giants and wolves. We should be thankful for the opposition and the challenges and the struggles that we face in life. Because you want to know something crazy? It's kind of a paradox. The giants and wolves are what make the promised land the promised land. It's the challenges and the struggle that we face that make the, the milk and the honey, so sweet. <laughs> They're what make the end goal worth it. You need those things. I need those things. We need to face challenges. We need to face hardship in our life. They are what make the promised land the promised land. Tom Brady, well, let's, let's jump back to him real quick. Um, so Tom Brady, he's still to this day, still to this day in April of 2020, April of this year, that's 20 years after he was drafted, he was giving an interview within a millisecond of someone saying, hey, Tom, can you name the quarterbacks who were drafted in front of you? Within a millisecond, he rattled off all six. He did not forget. He knows every single player. I would bet you he probably knows their career, what teams they played on, how they fared, and everything. He remembers all of the people whose names were called before him, all the people who were believed in before him, all the people that these teams were willing to go out on a limb on and say, we'll make you our franchise quarterback before him. He remembers all of them. This is something so, so good too. This is, this is from uh, an article talking about looking back at his career as he's now left the Patriots and he's on uh, a new team, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, and he's looking back at his 20 years and this is one of the things that he said. I would submit the scouts were right about who Tom Brady was 20 years ago. But I was right about who I envisioned myself becoming one day. Did you catch that? That's good stuff right there. <laughs> He's saying, yep, the, the scouts were absolutely right. Back then, I, I lacked leadership skills. Back then, I couldn't read a defense as good as I do now. Back then, I didn't have the appropriate arm strength. Back then, I, I did have a lot of areas where I needed to improve. But I also knew that there was a promised land for me out there. I knew that there was potential that I could live up to. I just had to go out and I had to seize it and I had to work for it and I had to do what I needed to do to achieve it. And so you know what he did? He used the butts. <laughs> he used the but his strength, but his athleticism, but his leadership skills. He used all of those things to shape his process to get him to where he was today. He needed those giants. 
He needed those wolves. They helped form him into who he is. You think every single offseason, he wasn't trying to prove himself again to be like, yep, I was the sixth quarterback taken, but I'm going to be the best one to ever play after this is over. He was using it. He wouldn't have gotten to the promised land. If he would have been drafted in the first or second round, there's a very good likelihood his career wouldn't be anything remotely what it is today. He needed the giants and wolves. He needed that opposition. He needed those hardships to get to where he is today. He knew that if he utilized it correctly, that his giants and wolves would not stop him, but they would shape him. They wouldn't stop him and make him go, well, they, I mean, it's over. Never, let's, let's close it up. Let's go home because they already said I can't do it. No, he knew it didn't have to stop him, but it could shape him into who he was going to become. It could shape him into a quarterback who would go down as the greatest quarterback to ever play in the NFL. You see, that's another thing that he realized that we need to realize that the Israelites needed to realize is that the promised land It's not just a place, it's a process, right? It's not just like a place off there that we hope to hit one day that we're like, oh man, one day I'll get there, one day. It's a process. It's something we're doing every single day that we're working on, that we're fighting through the hardship, that we're fighting through the struggle and the opposition. It's not just a place we arrive at one day and we're like, well, here we go, I'm here. No, it's a process. It's something that we work on every single day day. God is shaping you. He is pulling out the potential he's placed in you. He is pushing you towards the purpose he created you for. And it's not supposed to be easy. It's not supposed to be easy. It's supposed to be hard. It's not supposed to be easy. It's worth it. It's worth it. Every single time, it's worth it. You see, God does not promise prosperity. He promises purpose. That's what he tells us. He says, I will give you a purpose. I will give you a life and a life to the full. He does not promise us an easy life. He promises us a life that matters, a life that truly matters, a life that makes a difference. And I mean, my God, isn't that what you want? Who out there really wants just an easy life, just a life that's like, well, you know what? I never really made a difference, but I was able to pay my bills on time and my kids, I mean, they, they grew up to be pretty decent people. Who wants that? Is that really how you want your life to end, just being kind of, It was decent. No, I want my life to matter. And I would wager if you're being honest with yourself, with your true God-given self, you want your life to matter too. And it's not gonna happen by just taking the easy way, by walking and whenever you encounter any kind of opposition, going, well, this must not be where God has in mind for me. And then backing out. No, opposition is a sign you're on your way. Opposition and struggle and hardship, it's a sign that the promised land is close. You just gotta keep pushing. You've gotta keep fighting through the process, everything, everything in your life that you want, all of it, anything in your life that you want, that you know you need, that again, your true God-given self knows is important. Uh, A marriage that doesn't just bless you, but it blesses your spouse and blesses the people around you. Friendships that you give value to them and they give value to you. A job where you truly feel like you are living out God's purpose in your life and you feel like you're able to utilize your skills to to make a company or a place better. All of these things, a, a life where you're physically fit to be here for your kids and your kids' kids. All of these things that you want, all of these things that are worthwhile, they're uphill. Every single one. Every single one, everything in your life that is worthwhile is uphill. It's not easy. And that's the point. (laughs) It's not easy. And that is the point. It's not supposed to be easy. 
I think about that with what I was talking about earlier, trying to, to, to get into shape and trying to uh, work out and lift. I mean, one of the most fundamental things that you'll hear about weightlifting, about lifting weights, about exercising, is, is what is happening, is, is as you're lifting weights, you're literally tearing your muscles, right? It's like little tiny tears in your muscles, and that's what's happening. That's why, I mean, it's not, it's not fun. Like, I mean, I'm sure there's some psychopaths who love working out, right? <laughs> there's, there's some people who love it. There's some people who it, it does something for them. Man, for me, I don't enjoy it. Um, I, I do it because I know I need to do it. But like in my mind, th- there's nothing fun in life that involves making the noise. <gasps> like that's not, that, that's the noise you make whenever you're deadlifting or you're, is, <gasps> and that's just not, that's fun. That's a noise. It's a noise you make when you're under duress, when you're in stress, when you're in pain, when you're in opposition, when you're in a fight. It's not a noise you make when you're having fun, right? I mean, pizza's fun. Chinese takeout's fun. Watching Netflix is fun. Working out is not fun, but that's not the point. The point isn't fun. The point isn't ease. The point isn't comfort. The point is shaping yourself into the best you you can be. That is the point. It's not supposed to be easy. <laughs> and so for myself, whenever I look at my, my promised land, right, whenever it comes to, to my fitness and my physical health, I look at my promised land and I realize, okay, I see what it is. My promised land is I want to be physically fit enough to play with my kids whenever they're six, four, and one. And I want to be physically fit enough to be here for them whenever they're 40, 37, and 34. Like that's my promised land. Like that's, that's what I want. And so I realized to get there, it's not through making the easy choice. It's not through every time a workout comes up going, man, it's going to be hard. That's the point. <laughs> That's the point. It's not supposed to be easy, but it's supposed to be worth it. And it is. And it is. So I'll go through the pain. I'll go through the hardship. I'll fight off the wolves and giants because I know that the end goal, and not just the end goal, the process, I know that it's worth it. It's always worth it. Whatever God is calling you to, whatever your promised land is out there, if it's a better marriage, if it's being a better friend, if it's being a better student, if it's being a better follower of Jesus, whatever opposition you encounter on the way there, man, fight through it. Fight through it. Fight off the wolves. Fight off the giants. They're there for a reason. They are shaping you into who you're supposed to be. Don't run away. Don't run scared. Face them. Face them. Face the fears that are put in your way. I promise you will not regret it. You won't. Heavenly Father, we thank you today for your word. We thank you for the truth of your word. The truth we know that there is not a single giant we face. There's not a single wolf that we stare down that you are not there fighting with us. God, you, you've, you never told us that we, we can't be scared. We just can't run. <laughs> we just can't run from the fight because we know that in the fight we're formed and we are forged into who we're supposed to be. It's in the fight that we become more like Jesus. It's in the middle of our hardships that we look more like him whenever we handle it right. And God, that goes back to what we talked about last week, making sure we're connected to you so that whenever the hardships come, we are fighting with your power, not our own. And we're fighting as Jesus would fight, not as we would fight. Because we know that it's through those processes, God, that we are shaped and we are molded into the people that you have created us to be. And it's in those moments, God, that you are pulling out the potential that you have put inside of us, the, the, the skill set that you've given to just us and the personality that you've given to just us and the gifts that you've given to just us. You draw those out in those moments of crushing and in those moments of pressing and in those moments of hardship. 
That's when you form us the most, God. And so today, God, we, we don't ask that you would send away the giants or send away the wolves. We pray that you would give us the courage to face them, that you would give us the strength to fight through them so that we can enjoy the process on the way to the promised land that you have in mind for us, the promise of the purpose that you have planted in every single one of our hearts. We love you, God. We know that you will be there for us because you always have, you always will. And we will be sure to give you all the honor, all the glory, and all the praise. It's in your name that we pray. And everyone said in agreement, amen, amen. Well, man, I'm gonna be praying for you as you face down your giants and wolves this week. Pray for me. Pray that neither one of us gets scared and run off, that we face them head on, knowing that God is with us. He's our provider. He's our deliverer, and he will see us through. We don't want you to leave. Don't, don't close out of this tab yet, okay? We do not want you to leave without connecting with us again. If you've made a decision for Christ or you've recommitted to Christ today, we wanna know about it. We wanna let you know ways that you can connect uh, to Cornerstone, uh, ways that we can help you take your next steps in your relationship with him. So please connect with us in the chat below uh, at Journey Starting Point. The host is gonna be posting that there. Connect with us. Please, please, please make sure that you do that. We wanna take these steps with you. We wanna walk with you through it. So make sure that you do that and make sure you are back here next week, okay? Next, next week as we continue uh, this series, uh, Milk and Honey, Giants and Wolves. And don't come by yourself. Bring family, bring friends. Send this to everybody. Have a watch party at your house, man. People who you're, who you're safe and comfortable with coming over, tell them to come over and to watch this, uh, to hang out. Have someone bring coffee. Have someone bring donuts and have a, just have a little house church, right? Do that at your home. Uh, it'll be an awesome time. So again, thank you so much for being here. Wherever you're at, you can now stand and receive the blessing of the Lord. May Jesus Christ, our God and our King forever, be with you this day and every day. Amen. Well, that's all for this week. Thanks again for joining us. If you'd like to contact us or find out more about our ministry, head over to our website at cornerstonechurch.info. Have a great week.